You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello and welcome everyone to the Bigger Than Beer Podcast. I am your host, Levi Wyatt. For those of you turning in for the first time, Bigger Than Beer is a platform to discuss deeper topics of the hop and craft beer industry with a mission to create positive change, explore solutions, and highlight those who are actively making a difference. This season's focus is sustainability with the goal to promote, advocate, and educate on how we as a collective hop and beer community can protect our planet, step up, step up as sustainable leaders, and create something bigger than beer. Today we are joined by two members from the Maine Beer Company based in Freeport, Maine. So today I have with me Ann and Dan from uh, Maine Beer Co. Would you both uh, just do an introduction of who you are? We'll start with you, Dan. Sure. I'm Dan Cleveland. I'm the co-founder of Maine Beer Company. Awesome to be here. Thank you. Ann? Uh, my name is Ann Marisic. I'm in charge of partnerships and communication at Maine Beer Company and so excited to be on the podcast. Awesome. Today we're kicking off uh, episode 21 talking about an environmental philanthropic giveback. Um, for those of you who are not aware of Maine Beer Company, they've done tremendous things both past, present, and uh, going into the future. And today we're going to kind of discuss some of those initiatives and projects that they've been working on. Um, I guess kind of kicking back and just starting at square one, can you tell me about Maine Beer Co. in a nutshell? <laughs> How long's the podcast? Yeah, yeah, we got all day, we got all day. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, my brother and I started Maine Beer Company in 2009, um, uh, but leading up to its inception, I was in a prior life, I was, I was an attorney and my brother was in, in finance. And, uh, I think most folks listening to this are old enough to remember, you know, that the, the turbulent years of, of 2008, 2009, the financial collapse of wall street. And, um, you know, it definitely impacted me and my brother. I got laid off as an attorney and he being in finance was effectively laid off because people weren't putting money in the market. They were just looking to get money out. Um, but, you know, I was I was a home brewer at that point. I've been home brewing for a few years. Um, that was really kind of where my passion lied, you know, being a lawyer, you know, paid, paid the bills. Um, but, you know, seeing what was going on around us, you know, witnessing what was going on around us, you know, my brother and I, you know, just started, you know, talking over uh, over homebrews um, about starting a brewery and, and what that might mean for us. Um, and, you know, once we decided that it was kind of an endeavor that we wanted to pursue, we said, well, you know, if I want to just keep making beer, the real easy thing to do is just keep homebrewing. You know, it's relatively low cost cost and there's no stress. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if we're really going to make a go of this, you know, as a professional, you know, in, endeavor, um, we wanted to try to do something different. Yeah. Um, and in light of what was going on in the world at that time, we wanted to create a company that actually made the world a better place um, and didn't tear things down, instead built things up. And what that meant for us was creating a company that looked after, you know, first and foremost, its employees, uh, its community and the planet um and those are kind of like the three pillars of of our you know philosophy so let's try to create a company that really puts those at the forefront and then puts the bottom line you know kind of if you do those three things well look after those three things your employees the community and the environment everything else will fall into place that was our working hypothesis of course a lot of people at the time thought we were crazy but um so that's what we did we started main beer company making beer but it was that was what we were doing it wasn't why we were doing it um, the reason why we were doing it is to prove to not only um ourselves but hopefully you know other small businesses that look you can run a company that's socially responsible and looks out for for its community and its people and the planet first and doesn't always have to be worried about the bottom line first, because what we saw going on around us is when you put the bottom line first, what that causes is externalities, right? You you cut costs, you cut benefits to your employees, you you externalize you know pollution into the mm-hmm. environment, um, and that that's a short game. You know, it may, might make the owners or the stockholders wealthy, but it leaves everybody else high and dry. Um, 
And so that was the idea. Like, let's 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 start a company that that kind of flips things on its head. And so that's what we did. Um, and of course, I mean, you try to make great beer. Right? That, you have to have a good product, right? Of you course, can't do you, you, that. Kind of goes without without saying. Um, and so that was really the motivation for starting the company. And like I said, that was in two thousand and nine. Flash forward, what, what 13, 13 plus years now, um, and it's still you know kind of an experiment mm-hmm. in process. Uh, and every day we're learning, learning, learning new things and doing new things. But hopefully we're, we're serve, also serving as an example to, to others that, look, you can operate a company this way, uh, be a really good socially responsible company, and be incredibly successful. So that was, that was the goal. And you know, we're still working on it. It's, ne- it's never done. Um, you know, so that's, that's a little bit about the history of, of Maine Beer Company and, and why it exists. Oh, that's, a, that's a beautiful story. I think we can kind of cut the tapes and end it there because that was uh captured everything we wanted to talk about all right let's go let's get a beer yeah yeah (laughs) no that was a beautiful introduction to Maine beer co um you know i personally have just kind of reaped the rewards of having uh insight from afar just by looking on your social and just checking out your website and a lot of those core values are not only personal to me um but also kind of fall into place of what we're trying to do at YCH as well. So that's another reason why we're just so excited to have both of you on board here today and kind of dive a little bit deeper into to why we've created these companies with uh, environmental and people focused uh, at the core of what we're doing um, and then kind of share with others that are interested, uh, like how can we navigate this space? And sometimes it might be daunting, but you know, I think with discussions like this, uh, presents an opportunity to get more people at the table. So. Yeah. Well, and that's good to hear that, you know, you, you I mean, I get, to me, it's proof that it's working, right? You, you learn about us through social media, mm-hmm. right? Which is thanks to Anne. Um, but that was that, that, that's showing that it's working, right? That, that our message is getting out there and it's inspiring others. It's getting other people thinking about what they thought the norm was or, sh- or should be and expanded their idea of what the possible, you know, could be. Absolutely. Um, so that's, 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 uh, encouraging to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into some more questions here. I've got, uh, you know, Dan and Ann on here with me, but for those that may not know you, um, let's start with you, Ann, like what, uh, what are each of your roles? So, and responsibilities at, at Maine Beer Company? Sure. So I'm in charge of partnerships and communication. Uh, when I started with the company, I was brought on uh, in marketing, and at first I was kind of like, "Ooh, marketing! I don't, you know, don't know, don't know if that's exactly what I do." And then it was explained, "Well, all of our marketing is tied to our nonprofit giving," and so I was like, "Okay, so I get to talk about beer. I get to talk about how we're using beer to do good. Yep, I can get behind that. That's something that I can I can market. That's something I can share and feel really good about that." Um, and as my job has evolved and grown, um, I shifted away from doing our social media this year, um, passed that on to someone else. And uh, now I'm focused almost entirely on our partnerships, uh, be that our nonprofit partnerships, uh, but also you know the business partnerships that we have. Um, as we just sort of talked about, you know, the fact that we both uh, work for companies that are very focused on the environment. Uh, that's one of the things that I look for and how, how do we talk with other businesses, um, but also communicating this story. How, how are we sharing the work that we're doing? Fantastic. Um, and, and, and that's such an amazing opportunity, let alone a role, right? To have a, a company that values that and putting people in place to, to, to share that story and, and accelerate the momentum that has been gained since 2009, right? So I, for, for me, in this role that I sit in, I am just over the moon uh, be able to talk about some of the stuff that we get to talk about. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. You know, when my brother and I started out, obviously never, we never imagined like we would be where we are today. That wasn't that wasn't in the realm of the, you know, foreseeable outcomes of, of Maine Beer Company. Um, and certainly have, you know, when we first started the company and, and we signed up, um, you know, we pledged to, to give 1% of our uh net revenue, so top of the line revenue to environmentally focused nonprofits uh, through our partnership with 1% for the planet. Um, we never realized that give, giving away 
money and supporting mm-hmm. nonprofit causes that we believe in would result in a full-time job for somebody yeah. at, at our company, uh, which is, which is now, you know, pretty much is what Ann, Ann is doing. Um, you know, so it's, it, it shows they, they being responsible in, in, um, includes in your philanthropy being very methodical, mm-hmm. uh, and thoughtful, on the partners that you're choosing, uh, and making sure that your you know the resources that you're providing are having a, a maximum impact, mm-hmm. um, but it also shows that within our company we're we're supporting livelihoods through our giving. You know, where we're employing people to help us with uh, you know kind of spreading spreading our, our message. Absolutely. So it's kind of everybody kind of wins, you know, in the in the end, you know. No, it's great. All hands on deck. I yeah. think you know, uh, a rising tide kind of. If I could throw in another yeah. <laughs> cliche, a rising tide raises all ships, yeah. right? So, um, but kind of focusing on that local community and then building outward is like something very important for us here at YCH too. Um, so I had the pleasure of kind of looking over the website, you know, beforehand, um, and one of your first values that really stuck out to me was, uh, take care of the earth and encourage others to do the same. Um, you know, this is one of many core values that Maine beer company holds, but I'm curious how those core values were established and why is that something that's important to Maine beer company to have these core values that, uh, represent you, um, and, and the communities that you want to serve. And that could be toss up to either one of you. So that was kind of a softball in the middle there. Um, I mean, I, I give, I'll give a quick one and then Anne can elaborate. She's more, um, she's better at talking about this than I am, but the, you know, the, for us, for me and my brother, you know, going back to the intro to the, to the podcast, you know, what I, when I was explaining, you know, beer is what we make. It's not why we make it. Um, the why is really much bigger mission for us. And, uh, I think one of the you know one of the three kind of of pillars is taking care of the environment not only because it's something not not just because it's something that is important personally to mm-hmm. to myself and my brother but we realize that you know it's an existential threat to the human species and in it, it yes every individual can play a part but i i, I firmly believe that if we're really going to make inroads and this was 12 years ago when we were thinking about this we've come a long way in our thinking when it comes to sustainability in the last 12 years Mm -hmm. Uh, but back in 2009 you know we said look the private sector needs small it's small businesses large businesses they need to be part of the solution they need to stop being part of the problem um and so that's why you know the, the the environment or a focus on you know the health of our planet was kind of put at the forefront is that we wanted to show other businesses that look you you can do well, you know, you can have a healthy bottom line and, and be a thriving business and also take care of the planet at the same time. You, you have to be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, sustainability has many, many definitions. It's, it's, right? yeah, yeah. It, it's not just a, you know, it's, it's not just something that we say to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a threat to ultimately in the long run, it's a threat to your bottom line. If we don't do something, I mean, here I'm, I'm talking to, you know, a hop, hop grower yeah no one is in a better position to understand the impacts of climate change on their pocketbooks than a farmer absolutely whether they believe in climate i've I've come to learn that if you if you tell somebody do you believe in climate change they might say no well is that affecting your farm is it making harder for you would you like to see more predictable weather patterns oh yeah (laughs) you know like it's absolutely so no we always say it starts in the field but uh yeah how about you ann I would say to kind of follow what Dan said, um, you know, those founding principles of, you know, making great beer, take care of people, take care of the planet. Um, you know, it's so important because it it's our core identity of who we are as a company. Um, and that's something that has lasted since 2009. Um, I've been working with this company for five years, but I met Dan and Dave uh, back in 2012, um, when they introduced their beer to the beer bar that I was working at in Washington, D.C. And I always use the story. I still have my shift notes from that day. And the three things that I wrote down were make great beer, take care of people, take care of the planet, do what's right. And the fact that that, that same 
focus has resonated throughout the 13 plus years that we've been in business really speaks to how important that is. And when you, when you keep those core values very simple and very clear and use that to guide every decision you make, it really helps keep you on the straight and narrow. Um, you know, we, we have kind of like a running joke if someone's, you know, tossing up an idea like, Oh, what should we do? How should we handle this? And it's like, well, what would Dan and Dave do? <laughs> and you know, what, what is right? What is the That's right dangerous. thing to do here? And uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but over, overall it's, it's a, it's a good philosophy. Like it's, it's reminding people to take that extra step to do something because it's right, because it's the better course of action. And you know, that, our, our goal is that, that those three core tenants are going to keep moving us through for years to come. And I think we'll, we'll be doing pretty good if we stay on that path. Yeah, I think you're kind of the under the like kind of leaning into like kind of processes and structure, I think is important here, right? Um, kind of falling back on those core values. So um, that's one thing that at, here at YCH we try to fall back on as well. It's if you're really in a pickle or have a tough decision to be made, we kind of fall back on our own core values and principles. Our pride statement is what we call that. Um, so that's great to hear. Um, I guess why is being an environmentally conscious uh, brewery so important to, I guess, our industry? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the game. Um, why is this a focus? Why should this be of importance to brewers in, in this industry? Um, well, again, going back, if you would have asked me this question 13 years ago, um, when we started, um, you know, I, I think we would have been in an environment where a lot of brewers, um, it's a lot of small business, a lot of businesses, period, but obviously brewers would be included in that, would have asked a very similar question, like, well, what, what does it matter? Um, flash forward to today, I think it's fairly evident to anyone and you don't have to be, you know, and you don't have to be aligned with, you know, the environmental movement per se. Uh, we make an agricultural product. Mm -hmm. Uh, it relies on agricultural inputs and our, the, the, the resiliency of our supply chain, uh, requires, uh, that we have products that we can rely on that have a consistent quality and at a consistent price point. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, Climate change um, is a huge threat to that um, supply chain. Um, you know, without you know hops and w without barley, without clean water, we don't have world class beer. Um, so, I, I think it's almost kind of. I think it's probably fairly self evident to most brewers these days um, why the environment matters, and you don't have to be an environmentalist to adopt that philosophy. You have to be just a savvy business person, I think now. Yeah. To realize that. No, that's excellent. Um, I mean, going back to we started talking and alluding to this one percent to the planet, right? So that was something that you know when you guys were founded thirteen years ago in two thousand nine, that was something that was part of that business plan, right? So uh, for those people that may or may not be knowledgeable of what 1% is, could you uh, tell us a little bit more about 1% for the planet and what that is? I'll let Ann handle that one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so 1% for the planet is an organization. They act kind of as a, um, a go-between between businesses and environmental nonprofits. And the the requirement is when you sign up, you are agreeing and you're committing to giving 1% of your gross annual sales to environmental nonprofits. So that's, you know, 1% of everything. I use the example, you know, because a lot of times uh, people are doing cause-based beers, which is a great initiative, but technically we do cause-based beers, cause-based pizza, cause-based t-shirts, every, every sale. Um, and you know, with this, uh, this was started by Yvonne Chouinard and Craig Matthews. Um, and, you know, huge thanks to Yvonne Chouinard for putting 1% for the planet right back in the news yeah. uh, with his uh, tremendous um, decision last week to give give Patagonia up um, and, you know, make Earth the shareholder. Uh, it's, you know, brought them back into the spotlight. But he said, you know, there's not enough giving that's being focused on 
fixing what we're doing, um, fixing this planet, fixing these environmental situations. And if we all gave 1%, we could really start to move the dial on this. And it's interesting because a lot of times people will come to us and be like, oh, well, you give so much. There's no way we could do the same. And it's all about giving within your means. And if we're all doing it, it's going to make a difference. So, you know, a large company can be giving millions, a medium sized company, tens of thousands, an individual can join up to 1% for the planet. And, you know, I can give $600. And it can be money, it can be volunteer time, it can be, uh, you know, in the case of our business, marketing dollars, um, you know, all sorts of ways. And it's flexible giving, but it's also very structured. And it provides accountability. Um, if anyone, you know, would come to us and say, we don't believe you're giving what you're giving. Mm. 1% for the planet keeps absolute track of everything that we're doing. They do an audit each year to make sure that everything matches up. So it's a great way of us looking at what we're doing and seeing and making sure that, you know, we're holding up our end of the bargain. Well, that's accountability is huge, right? Especially in today's day and age, um, day and age, excuse me. Um, people want to see proof, right? So it's, it's nice to have that, that transparency within the company to kind of showcase that you're doing the right thing, but also backing it up by metrics and, uh, accredited organizations. Uh, and I think 1% for the planet fits the bill on that, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and at the big, and at the outset, it was a way for, and, it, and backing up a little bit, I actually came, I, I knew nothing of 1% for the planet until my brother and I were putting together our business plan. And I was actually just going around surfing other breweries websites just to, for no good, re, good reason to see what other breweries were, were doing, not in the environmental space. I mean, just overall, I mean, right. we're here, me and my brother, two home brewers trying to start a brewery. Let's do some field research, go into you. What, what did I do? I went on websites and one of the websites I, I went to was new Belgium's website. And I saw a little logo at the bottom of their website. that said 1% for the planet. And so I went down a, you know, one of these rabbit holes It actually turned it out to be worthwhile to yeah. learn about 1% for the planet. And my brother and I thought that at the outset, like, look, this is a good way. When one, it, it, it fits well with one of our, you know, really core values. It's a way to keep ourselves honest. Mm -hmm. Right, you you make this pledge, and they're going to keep you honest, right? They're, or you can't use their trademarks anymore. You can't say yeah, that you're a member of One Percent for the Planet. And it was also a way for us to show our our you know customers that look, we're, this isn't this isn't greenwashing. This this is something that we're we're serious about because we were donating money to one percent for the planet because it's top line revenue my brother and i weren't even taking paychecks yeah. and we were donating money because wow. that was the obligation that we had that was a commitment that we that we made um and then we realized that through time as we got bigger because it's a percentage of your revenue it's not a fixed set dollar amount as you grow obviously that number goes up mm -hmm. um and so it's really cool to see that your success is tied it's it goes hand in hand with your ability to help the environmental nonprofits. You could get to give, the more successful you are in a way, the more effective you are at helping to protect the planet. So it's, those are the checks like every year that, you know, those are the best checks that you, you, you get to write every year. So you rewarding, know? right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, and then for, for businesses just getting started too, right? Like knowing that there is, an entry point, but you know, it's, it's something that you can grow into. Yeah. Um, and I as Ann said, like 1%, again, it's not a set dollar amount. One per, every, everybody, I don't, I don't care who you are. Everybody can afford 1%. Um, and you know, maybe I should have touched on this earlier, but you know, when we started, we just baked it into the cake. Yeah. Like our whole business plan, we baked all these costs into the cost essentially of our beer the cost of the 1% program, the cost of providing all of our employees full health insurance, uh, retirement plans, you know, all of all of the suite of benefits that our employees enjoy. That was all that's all part of we view that as a cost of our good, yeah. our, of, of our beer. And so we price it accordingly, instead of going out into the market, see what everybody else is selling their beer for back then, it was like a 999 six pack, you do the math back then when we were starting, we couldn't have, there, there's no way we couldn't have made beer that cheap and certainly not made beer and given money away and treated our employees 
correctly. So again, it's flipping things on its head a little bit. It's saying, what do I want to accomplish with this company? What's that going to cost? Yeah. And then we will price our product accordingly. If people don't buy it, obviously, they would have been a failed experiment. Right. But it worked. Right. Yeah. No. Well, congrats, you know, 13 years in and you're still running strong and, you know, creating and pumping out amazing beer, but also contributing to the greater good of the community and, and the planet. So, I mean, cue in the clap or applause yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point. But uh, <laughs> but people, I mean, consumers realize it. They, yes. they know our beer is not the cheapest beer on the shelf and it's yeah. never going to be. And I don't want it to be. Right. Because I know all, they, they realize to a certain extent, right, that it's not, they're not just buying beer for their own personal enjoyment. I mean, a lot of people are. They have no idea what else we stand for. Yeah. But there are certainly a core loyal following of folks who know more of what's behind the, the brand uh, and know that every time that they're buying a main beer company beer, they're doing more than just supporting, you know, the, my bank account or, or, or yeah. whatever. They're, they're supporting a, a, a much larger cause and it makes them feel good. You know, Patagonia is a great example. You know, mm-hmm. you know Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, they certainly paved the way in this space. Oh yeah. Um, and we, you know, we kind of are, are trying to follow in their footsteps um, through, through beer, not, not just not through jackets. Right. Right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, looking at, you know, your, your membership at 1%, uh, you've established different categories or buckets, if you will, uh, to provide, to kind of allocate your support or focus your support. Um, can you kind of talk us through those categories and, how you identified those as like kind of focal points for your uh, part of your your give back programs? Yeah, definitely. We um, so even in the short time that I've been here, um, the amount that we've been able to give back has grown, uh, and as a result, the number of organizations that we're working with has grown. And so recently, we kind of narrowed things down into these six categories to again help us really focus. Are giving um, one of the things you know we, that we've seen in recent years is you know there's just been much larger conversations about um, what being a good member of your community means and you know while our primary lens that we're viewing our our giving is through the environment we're using that to kind of shine a focus on you know other other issues as well uh, so we have animal protection, climate action, community support, equity and inclusion, land preservation, and outdoor access are our giving categories. And each one of them is, you know, there I think the thing that I try and point out, especially to, you know, our staff or when I'm, you know, talking um, publicly about these is so many of these things are really interconnected. Um, you can't you can't have um, you know, outdoor access, unless you're preserving that land, uh, you can't, um, you know, you're not doing a good job of providing outdoor access unless you are making sure that that access is equitable, that you are including more groups. Um, none of this, none of this works if we aren't doing climate action. So there are things that sort of fit together. Um, and we found some really great organizations, again, that sort of cross pollinate all of these uh, categories, but we found it's a good way of, you know, sort of keeping our focus. Um, but it's also a, a great way of, you know, finding new organizations that we want to work with um, and getting our staff involved, uh, getting them, you know, um, excited about these organizations. Uh, we we tend to attract staff who are passionate about the environment. Uh, so it's, you know, it's not a hard sell by any stretch, but we do a staff scholarship um, in-house where they can submit a 1% for the Planet nonprofit that they have either worked with or are passionate about. Uh, and it's a great way of learning about new organizations, but also tapping into what your team is excited about, what are things they care about, and um, how we can you know, support those organizations. I love that scholarship idea. That is, that is amazing. And like, talk about getting people bought into the the whole concept behind giving back and, and seeing those dollars in action. That's a, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. And in, you know, again, 13 years ago, if you would have asked me like, what does um, environmental stewardship mean? You know, I, I think it would have been a very traditional definition of that. And that is let's preserve our forests. Let's preserve our water. Let's plant trees. Let's recycle. 
Um, but I think with the assistance of an education of, of, of Anne, um, the notion of environmental stewardship is much broader than that because you can't separate the planet from the people that live on it. That, that is something that I think more and more people are starting to realize. And just because you preserve a place, if people can't access it and appreciate it, land preservation or environmentalism or environmental stewardship is not going to have a constituency behind it, behind it that realizes its importance. If you don't get out into nature, if you don't understand and appreciate the importance, um, either through recreation or because you're a business that depends on it, like a, like a brewery or a hop farmer, yep. if you don't have that firsthand experience with, with why our, our, our planet is so amazing and so precious yet so delicate you're not going to have a constituency that advocates for it. And so making sure that everybody has access to it and can appreciate it, I think it's, it's, it's just as important as preserving. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, I mean, you are both in Northeast uh, United States, uh, beautiful national parks in your backyard, but just for people getting outside to, you know, decompress after a, a day's work, you know, in their local park, that appreciation, um, it kind of changes your attitude, right? And so like providing people the opportunity to get outside and providing a company and the platform that you've created to ensure that more and more people of diverse backgrounds and more people from various walks of life have that opportunity to enjoy that is, uh, commendable. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the, the value that 1% has provided main beer company, could you kind of talk about what, what, that, what does that look like in terms of, you know, um, uh, the value that participating in a program such as this has done for your business and maybe talk about some of the, uh, the impact that you've created in your 10 plus years of uh, being involved in, in 1%? I guess I should really start like pointing to, to people to answer <laughs> yeah, these questions. Uh, so go for it, Anne. I think just in terms of value, it's, I, you know, not that this wasn't the case 13 years ago, but it, I mean, obviously it was for Dan and Dave to see, see businesses and what was happening in 2008, 2009 and know like, that's not, it's not enough. That's not, you, you need, you can do something that's more, you can be better. And I think, you know, especially after the past couple of years, you're seeing people really questioning, you know, where, where they work, what they do and wanting it to mean more. I know, you know, I've been in the beer industry for a, a pretty decent amount of time. And um, when I was, you know, right before I started working for my beer company, I was questioning what I was doing. I was like, I really I love working in beer, but I want Want more. I want this to, you know, I want to give back. I want to connect. And so I think this is a really great way of doing that, taking, taking this passion for a great product and using it to do good. Like we, we use the line a lot. Um, we're, we're using good beer to do good in our community, in our world. And I think that's something that makes people feel good at the end of the day. Uh, like I started, you know, marketing at first wasn't, you know, my perfect idea of a job. It just, I don't know, didn't, didn't sit right. But you knowing that it had this purpose behind it completely changed my take on it and made it something I was really passionate about. No, I, I mean, that's kind of uh, leading into my next question here about uh, just as far as like the employees at, at your organization and the impact felt by them for a company taking the initiative to, to participate in programs like this and just being uh, vocal about it, which I think is also extremely important, um, being an advocate and educating individuals both in and outside of your organization. I think it, it starts there, right? But, uh, you know, and I guess as an employee, how has this initiative uh, to be involved in this uh, environmental phil philanthropic endeavor uh, been fulfilling to you, you know, and like, is that cascaded to other employees in your organization? Oh yeah. I mean, I feel incredibly fortunate because, you know, it, it is hard work, but man, I get to have a lot of fun. I get to, you know, work with these amazing organizations. You know, we, um, one of our partners center for wildlife, um, 
they rescue, rehabilitate, and release uh, wild animals. And they have a few animal ambassadors who, due to a number of factors, weren't able to be released. So it's like, oh, what'd you do today? I just hung out with a porcupine, <laughs> hung out with an owl. You know, it's, that's something that's very unique. But also getting to see different parts of our state. Um, we work with the Bicycle Coalition of Maine, but also uh, Katahdin Woods and Water, Friends of Katahdin Woods and Waters. And, you know, through them, I've gotten to see these areas of Maine that really not a lot of people always get to experience. And it helps us to showcase them more, uh, show people that there's there's more to the state than just, uh, you know, Port- Portland and Acadia are pretty great, but there's more. There's more to see. Uh, so for me, that's been really fulfilling. And then to get to pull other staff members into that Um you know, we have uh, we have a blue crew, uh, which is our sustainability team, um, and getting to work on projects with them, uh, giving them opportunities to volunteer with these organizations, so they get to see what what I've been so excited about. Um, it's you know, it it it's catching. <laughs> oh, that's that's fantastic. How many so how many people are on the blue crew these days? I think we have so we have a. I would say about 20 core members. Um, and what we do is that that's representative of every department in the company and they act as leaders to, you know, share initiatives and things with each of their departments to kind of unite the company as a whole behind, uh, different, different projects we're working on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And and I think it's really cool to see, you know, something like, you know, I, I, find incredibly rewarding is to see, um, you know, folks that work for us who, who, who do, you know, this is a passion for them. It's a job, right? It's at the end of the day, it's a job and I, and I get it. Um, but it, it's rewarding to see that there's an element of their job that they really, um, have a lot of passion for and a lot of pride in, in, you know, take the blue crew, for example, that's something that me and my brother, like they, our employees have expanded the realm of what is possible, even in my own mind, you know, um, you know, the, 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 um, the, the guy on our, on our crew who, who heads the, the blue crew. I mean, he, this is something that he is incredibly passionate about and he's taken it and he's ran with it and he's created this program within our company that frankly, I don't think my brother, or I ever would have, done. So I guess that's a long-winded way of me saying that, you know, um, companies start to take on a life of their own and they start in their, in their values, just like your own personal values are what drive it. And it's not just any one individual that can steer that ship, right? It, 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 where a whole, the whole company has to buy in. And if they do, you can do things that no one individual could have ever done on their own. Oh, that's, you know, building a, a, a strong culture, I think is important. It sounds like you guys have, have paved the, the way very well at Maine Beer Company. It's something that we're striving to always do and, and, and continually improve on at, at YCH. It's no small feat, right? You know, as, as people come and go, the organization grows. Um, this is something that we're very mindful of. But uh, again, relying on those core values, it's it's easy to kind of recenter ourselves and focus us moving forward, right? And it's never too late. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not naive or I'm not Pollyannish about any of this stuff. You know, it's it just so happened that these have been embedded in our company since its inception. So in some ways that makes it a lot easier for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see it being much more challenging to an organization that has been around a lot longer uh, and who are just now or fairly recently trying to instill a different culture. It's hard to change things. It's hard to change the status quo. Um, but I think companies like YCH and others that I see around me who are taking it seriously are making very good inroads and are showing that it is possible. It, 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 it is possible to change the culture of a company and to reorient its focus. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and it's extremely rewarding too, right? Like uh, to see those inroads being being paved and uh, people buying. I mean, I've, I've seen it with YCH. I've been dealing with, with you know, um, with that company since our inception uh, in one way, shape, or form. Um, and to see the evolution of their commitment to the cause is incredibly encouraging. Uh, and not only do I, does it engender more of an, my admiration for the, for the company, but it also makes me want to do business with them more. Um, so again... There's two, I think when you're talking 
about these topics as a as a business owner there's two sides to it there's the moral side mm-hmm. to it there's the side that look we want a planet for our grandkids to live on and thrive in and our great grandkids but there's also an economic side to this um and it's encouraging to see you know that that you don't have to be down with the cause to be down with the cause right yeah. as a small business owner at the end of the day you want to be successful and yeah. and i don't really care why you're doing what you're doing as long as you're doing it you know Thank you for that. Yeah, that was, yeah, no, I down with the cause. No, but yeah, again, uh, it's been a long time coming and always continually improving. Right. And at the end of the day, we have, uh, opportunity to, to meet and greet so many different people, uh, that spark different ideas, you know, and then we can kind of take it from there and, and kind of really ramp up efforts and, and, and kind of reevaluate what needs to happen. But at the end of the day, YCH wants to provide not only a product to our, our brewing customers, but, also, it starts at the farm, and there, you know, like you said, these environmental issues are very much felt at the farm level. So, kind of bringing everything into into uh, um, focus for us, and then even sprinkling in the employees who are very much a um, a stakeholder in that game. Uh, it, it is huge for us. So, yeah, uh, and these farms. I was just out visiting one this this morning out down in the valley, and. You know, it's a, these farmers are multi-generational farmers and they want something to pass down to their kids and their grandkids. Uh, and they know, like, look, the only way that this is, this is going to be a viable, you know, business for me to hand down to, to sustain the, my, my lineage and mm-hmm. generations that come after me is if I start taking this stuff seriously. Um, so I, it, it's, it's, it's heartening to see that that um, the change is ha- is happening, uh, and that those multi generational farmers are going to have something to pass down. Oh, absolutely! Um, I'm glad I'm glad you're out here during harvest. You know, and I know you're in the Northeast, but yeah, I'm glad uh, that's being felt and seen out there uh, in the fields. Um, I guess another question I have for you, um, for you, Dan. Right? So is uh, we kind of talked about not everything is sunshine and rainbows, you know, in terms of like uh, creating a, a, a culture, creating a, a business plan for, for, for main beer company. But what were some of the challenges or lessons learned during your journey uh, through 1% of the as being a 1% for the planet brewery? Um, so what were some of those kind of challenges or lessons that you've had to overcome along the way, if any? Yeah, I mean, I mean there's look, I mean, there's always... Um there's always challenges. I mean, that's, 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 that's part of life. It's part of running a company. Um, but it's how you face those challenges. Um, and going back to what, you know, Anne said earlier about having those core values and guiding principles and what you were saying earlier too, right. It's, you kind of fall back, um, on those. Uh, but there's, there's definitely been challenges. I mean, a lot of times it's frustrating. That you can't do enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, 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 you want to do more, but, you can't there's economic realities to, to all of this um you know and that can be incredibly frustrating uh, at, at times um you know sometimes you know you don't always make the right decisions um you know finding the right partners is it's not easy yeah uh it, it it's <laughs> Anne and i joke about this sometimes it's not it's not easy to give money away all the time um it, it you know finding a partner that's that's really invested in the, in the work and is going to you know use the resources that you're providing it efficiently and effectively, that's, that's not easy. Um, you know, and so, you know, finding partners that are going to use the dollars that you're giving them, um, and maximize the impact that that's, that's hard. Um, and you know, I think we've had pretty good success with it, you know, um, but not always, um, you know, so yeah, the, the, there's always challenges. Mm-hmm. There's always setbacks, but I, I, again, I, I, um, I always go back to just just stay focused on what you're doing, why you're and why you're doing it, and and don't don't get don't let the mistakes get you down. You know, just you gotta just kind of forget about it and, and and move forward, or else you're just gonna be stuck in the mud. You know, right? Yeah, perseverance <laughs> and yeah. just you know keep going, keep moving forward, sure. right? Um, like as far as other advice, maybe Anne, like you could take this first. Um, what advice would you give to other breweries and or just sustainability oriented businesses who are considering, you know, 1% for the planet as a, uh, as an initiative to, to get behind. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously I would tell them 
you know, 1% is fantastic. Uh, but I think, you know, taking, taking a moment and really focusing what, what are your values? What are your goals? Um, you know, the environment is the lens that we've chosen to uh, use to give back. Um, but there might be something else that, you know, really resonates with, uh, with you as a business um, and with your team. And I think finding what that is and standing by it uh, is going to be the most powerful way that you're going to make a difference. Um, for sustainably minded groups, I think 1% is fantastic because it really allows you to grow with it. Um, you know, when the first year that uh, our company was in business, you know, like Dan said, he and his brother didn't pay themselves, but they wrote a $100 check to Allied Whale, uh, which is an organization in, uh, uh, I'm going to transition nicely to your next question, yeah. but uh, it's an organization in Bar Harbor that uh, spotted the whale that, uh, lunch uh, that our beer is named after. Um, and someone looking at that might be like, oh, $100. Well, if you're starting a business and you like made it through your first year and you were able to write a check and give back, like, I don't care how much money that is. That feels good that you have succeeded. You have made good on your word. Um, and that's, that's a huge accomplishment. And as we've grown as a business, those checks have grown each year. And the, you know, we went from giving back, you know, a hundred dollars that first year to cumulatively we've given close to 1.5 million. And that's insane. And I don't want people to look at that number and be like, oh, I can never attain that. Well, you can just, you know, everybody has to do it in their own way. Uh, we work with a, um, a local oyster farmer. We helped, you know, bring them into 1% for the planet. Love Point Oysters, give them a plug. Some of the best in the country. Uh, I think they might be the best, but I'm biased. Uh, but they were like, oh, you know, we're such a small company. How can we do this? And it's like, well, your time. Um, you know, if you want to do an event with us and donate oysters, that's in-kind giving that can go towards this. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility within 1%. So it doesn't always have to be you cut a check. And I think because of that flexibility, letting people do in-kind giving, that's something that's very personal. Like for us, that's beer. Um, to give volunteer hours, it's creating these connections um, between your business and these nonprofit partners that they're just invaluable. Uh, so that's, that's my, my elevator, <laughs> slightly longer <laughs> elevator pitch for 1%. No, that's fantastic. And I think, uh, you know, it's nearing lunchtime too. So those oysters are sounding pretty delicious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, looking at, you know, we've talked about 1%, uh, but like kind of thinking holistically, like how, how are the values that you've established, uh, as, responsible stewards and environmental advocates reflected not only in like your, your products, but you're also like your operations in general. Right. Cause I mean, looking at your, um, your website, there's, there's solar panels, right? Like what, what spurred that investment in, in going that direction as well? Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think again, this is one of those questions where it's it's like the amount of giving that you do can be discouraging to some that say well i can't ever give you know a hundred dollars so there's some companies that can't right or i can't give ten thousand dollars so then the default answer is i do nothing well everybody can do something and so from our inception um outside of the one percent giving you know when it actually comes to the operation of our day-to-day brewery like what are we doing yeah when we first started we couldn't have solar panels we didn't have any money for them mm -hmm. we couldn't have you know um all these all this other kind of fancy equipment that makes your operation you know kind of more carbon neutral so to speak but we did what we could and we did what we could when we could so your question about solar panels um well, we, we we came to a a point in our in our growth. Um, it's probably around twenty fifteen or so, um, where we we were starting to turn a corner. Um, and all businesses go through this, right? You go through your startup phase, and then you kind of reach a, a a growth phase, right? If you're fortunate enough to make it out of the startup phase, where you start to generate some revenue, um, you're paying yourself at this point. You're you're compensating your employees, and you're providing good benefits. Um, but you do have cash left over, and you can do a lot of different things with that with that money. Um, you can give it to yourself. Um, you can um, 
invest in more capital equipment. Um, and so my brother and I were kind of at this point where we're like, look, we're selling all the beer we can make. Uh, and so I would say not an unrealistic or irresponsible business decision would be, let's just buy more tanks. Let's buy a bigger brew house. Let's just keep more, making more beer and, and growing. Um, but I remember vividly, we're in my office one day, and we were talking about it. And again, this goes back to falling on your core values. I'm like, well, we finally have money. We've always said that we want to be a brewery that's operated kind of completely off the grid. So I know the short term, you know, if you're playing the short game, let's buy more tanks, make more beer, and make more money. That's that's the answer. But that's, again, that's not why we started this company. We didn't start this company to maximize our own personal gain. Um, so we said, well, we finally have money now to buy solar panels. So let's do that instead. We'll put off, we'll defer the growth. And what we found out was, you know, so we, we did a big solar installation. Um, and what we found out was, yeah, we didn't make more beer and we didn't make necess- you know, right away. But in the long term, I think our investment in that particular solar project, in per- that one in particular, uh, has inured to our benefit because people saw, again, that we weren't, I'm not going to cuss, we weren't BSing yeah. when we said that this is the kind of company we are. We're going to put our money where our mouth is. And that means investing you know, hundreds of thousand dollars in solar panels whose return on investment is 10 years. It's, it, it wasn't, if you're looking at dollars and cents, it wasn't the smartest move to make, but that wasn't the point. Yeah. Um, so we did it, and people saw that we were serious about what we were talking about. And again, in the long run, I think you can't quantify what that has brought back to us, but in terms of goodwill to our company, um, the fact that we're willing to make these decisions that it's, people just don't see companies making all the time shows them that we're serious when we, you know, when we, we say things like do what's right. I was just gonna say that. I mean, that's clearly <laughs> communicated on all of your channels. Uh, do what's right. You know, I think if you don't have a t-shirt that has that on that yet, it, it definitely should be. But I, <laughs> I'm so impressed by the work that y'all are doing and the ability to kind of communicate to those listening, just finding your morals, finding your compass. And then just, if you ever face with an issue or a challenge, fall back on that. Cause you know what you put in the work, the structure and the, the brain power in establishing this and, you know, don't lose sight of what you've created and i think that's kind of and, the, and do and do what you can when you can do it right don't you know, you know it's, it's do it easy to look out there and see like oh well company x i just read a news clip you know or press release where they're investing a hundred you know thousand dollars or a million dollars in xyz piece of equipment that's going to make their operations more sustainable it that can be demoralizing to a lot of small business owners because i've been there mm-hmm. like man i can't do that i want to do that but i can't do that well do what you can in one day you will be able to. And I think we've shown um, through the course of our growth that, yeah, at the beginning, we couldn't really do anything other than, you know, we gave away 1%, but we couldn't invest in any kind of equipment to make our our operations more sustainable. But we could we could do small things, whether that was donating our grain to farmers. I mean, that, you know, it's it sounds kind of almost elemental at this point because that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. But that, that does make an impact. And that is something that you can do. Oh, I like that. And I think also with the like with the solar example, it was a conversation starter. Some people would be like, "Oh, it, like they'd come and comment and be like, "Oh, I could never do that because it's like this massive solar tracker." But because our staff is knowledgeable, because you know there are people to talk to about it, you can be like, "Actually, you know, it opened up conversations about reap grants, um, letting people know, you know, hey, this is the path we took. You should look into this." But also now we're having conversations about community solar and it's opened up so many avenues for people to have access to this. And I think, you know, an important point with this too is as we've grown, as you are becoming more of uh, a steward for um, the community in terms of, um, in, you know, environmental advocacy, it, it really is important for us to make sure that, you know, kind of as Dan said, that we're acting with integrity and we're acting with authenticity uh, and staying true to those things. And that, that definitely, you know, influences a lot of the decisions we make. That was beautifully stated. Um, And I think you both kind of alluded to this earlier in the discussion, but uh, 
I would really like to kind of dive deeper into the lunch beer and like kind of talk about what that is for maybe our listeners who don't have an idea of what that is and how that kind of um, the story behind lunch. Um, I'll kick it off and Anne can can fill in the gaps. Um, But it really it started on one level, right? It's a it's an IPA. It's a beer. So it started out as a recipe in my head. Um, and it was the first, you know, IPA that we had ever done, um, as a brewery, the beers that we had done that before that were, um, pale ale stout. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's an IPA and it was the first IPA that main beer company did. So it's a recipe. Um, but the, the story behind it, um, is a little bit deeper and perhaps more interesting to, to, to listeners, um, that don't want to hear me mumble on about how I came up with the recipe. Um, and it was it, it as Anne, it, I think Anne you know um, teed up a little bit earlier. Uh, one of the first nonprofits that we donated to um, as as part of our one percent pledge was an organization up uh, in the Gulf, up in um, Bar Harbor, um, called Allied Whale um, that monitors whales in the Gulf of Maine. And so we. It was actually my my niece and my my brother and my niece. They were up there on vacation and they came across this organization. And she kind of she was young at the time, like six or seven years old, and she really kind of fell in love with the whales. And so my brother said, "Hey, can we give a, a check to them?" And I said, "Yeah, that sounds like a great organization." So we did, um, not expecting anything in return. And then lo and behold, one day in the mail, we we get a package and I open it up and it's a a framed picture of a whale with a thank you card in it that says, thank you so much for your generous donation, um, an acknowledgement of your donation. Um, we're presenting you with this, this picture of a whale that you've adopted and I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. Um, and then the whale's name is lunch and it's a fin back whale and it has a chunk taken out of its, its dorsal fin, the fin on its back. It's probably taken out by a, a boat prop, but they named it lunch under the, you know, the, the, the storyline that, you know, some animal came and took a bite out of the fin for lunch. Um, and so, uh, I was coming up with the, the IPA recipe. We got this thing in the mail about this whale lunch. Uh, and my brother who, you know, at the time, you know, did all of the creative work, uh, at the, at the brewery, um, you know, all the naming and everything said, wouldn't that be a cool name for a beer, uh, to call it lunch. So a lot of people think lunch, oh, you named it after liquid lunch. It's a play off of, off of that whole, um, you know, saying, but no, it really is. It, it was the, the genesis of the name was uh, a fin that's being, mon- uh, I'm sorry, a whale that's being monitored uh, in the Gulf of Maine that we, that we adopted with our, our first 1% for the planet donation. I love that. Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's a great beer. Um, and, 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 and it kind of, in, in fast forward 10 years since we come out of that beer, it, it, it's become really the growth driver of main beer company, that one in particular beer. Yeah. So congratulations. People on that, that are familiar yeah. with the actual beer, but, <laughs> um, so environmental issues, uh, are global, right? So no, no blinders on here, but it can kind of be a daunting task to talk about. Right. So I, We've talked about a lot of different things today, so I just want to first commend you for all the work that has been done thus far. Um, I know you're not done yet, um, but why is it so important to start um, looking at these local environmental issues in your local community? I think some of it is, you know, we all get our start in this small community, and you know, we're, we're very fortunate to now be in 32 states and the District of Columbia, but without, you know, the small Maine community that we're a part of, you know, they're, they're the people who are here year round, even when it's like 24 degrees outside and three feet of snow, it's our regulars. Um, so I think taking care of what's immediately around you is so important. And, you know, making sure that your local community knows that, you care that you're part of them, um, you know, just playing that role and then expanding out, um, you know, when we're making these environmental arguments, like, yeah, if it's the Gulf of Maine is warming faster than any body of water on this planet. 
but we can't only care about the Gulf of Maine. We have to care about these other places as well. And one of the things that we've been doing is uh, as we sort of expand out in our distribution network, uh, we've been working with partners farther abroad, uh, groups like um, the Appalachian Mountain Company, um, Boston Harbor Now, uh, Billion Oyster Project, larger groups so that, you know, we, we are doing community projects in communities that are farther afield, but it's all connected to this larger environmental effort. Yeah. Um, so as you continue your journey of doing what's right as an environmentally conscious brewery, I got to ask, what's what's next for Maine Beer Co. looking into the, the, the future? Uh, that's, that's a good question. That, well, to, to solve all of our planet's problems, right? Uh, but it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a, it's an effort that will never go away. Um, so, you know, in the more short term, when we're not talking about tens of thousands of years, like we're talking about next 10 years, um, you know, doing things like, you know, making sure uh, that we are, you know, generating uh, as much energy as we use, we're generating um, through sustainable or renewable resources. Um, we're close, but we're, we're not all the way there. And I see, I mean, it, it's really cool to see, like, again, 13 years ago, when you say something like that, every company, I, I don't know of a company, save maybe Patagonia, who would have dared utter such words. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to generate, basically be a, generate all the power self-sustaining, through self-sustaining yeah. operation. But now you see... You see the little guys, it's not just us, who have shown the big guys that this this is the path to not only being you know able to sustain your company long term, but it's the message that's resonating with consumers. It's the people that are buying your cars or your shoes or whatever. They want to know that you've made this this commitment. So it's kind of cool to see that the us little guys who are yelling up the big trees are starting we caught the attention of the big guys and they're starting to follow in our footsteps. And so we're going to, we're going to keep trying to push the envelope in, in try to show, you know, that, that what is possible is, is much larger than what we even think it is today. Um, and there are some things I don't even, I don't even know yet. Yeah. Um, but certainly short term, you know, again, increasing, um, our use of, of renewable resources and in, in becoming kind of a net zero facility is, is something tangible, I guess, if that's what you're looking for. But I think just thinking more, globally it's it's always trying to be you know that small guy nipping at the heels in 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 trying to uh encourage uh the 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 larger players on on the global scene you know that look we're doing it you can do it and our customers see that we're doing it they're going to demand that you do it too right as a collective i think we can all make a change and i think that's uh you know as that as one person starts barking another person starts barking that pack of dogs if you will it it, it becomes louder right and 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 uh that impact is is felt globally. absolutely that's the whole idea yeah. mm. i think like one one of the things that's been really cool to see as as we've grown and you know our resources have expanded things and you know just as technology has changed um seeing things that in the past, we were like, oh, there's no way we'd ever be able to do that. It's becoming more and more feasible. And I credit, you know, our Blue Crew team and our staff as a whole in looking for new solutions, um, you know, being like, okay, uh, CO2 recapture, can we do this? Um, hey, we, uh, we use a lot of cardboard. Let's get a baler. Let's figure out the best way to like, you know, side stream these items um, and then, you know, in our, in our giving category, you know, looking for the big projects, um, you know, we've always been able to, you know, support some smaller things, but now we're at a point where we can be like, okay, you know, we, uh, last year helped, um, the folks at Maine Coast Heritage Trust, uh, you know, sort of spur a campaign to buy and preserve a set of islands. That was, you know, a really exciting thing. And, we're also working with uh, University of Southern Maine on a scholarship um, to, you know, increase bre- opportunities for more people to become involved in the brewing industry. And it's just, you know, there are all these exciting projects, and it's cool to be, you know, to have that momentum behind things, stuff that you never thought you'd be able to accomplish. It's like, oh, okay, we can do this now. Awesome. Oh, that's such a good feeling, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and and again, a tip of the cap to, um, you know, YCH again, we were out in the hop field today and I was having a conversation, um, 
with with one of the farmers who I have I, I admire uh, a tremendous amount, Jason Peralt. Um, in you know ten or twelve years ago, when you talked about like say organic hops, they they weren't agronomically feasible. Um, for a whole host of reasons that he could explain way better than I could. But as a brewer, you know, I get approached from customers saying, well, why are you making organic beers? Well, it's a hard, it's hard for me to communicate to them in layman's terms why that's just, it, it's, it's a difficult thing, cost of the hops, et cetera, how hard they were to grow. But the advancements that have gone on in the farm fields, in the hop fields, and in the barley fields uh, is incredible. So we're all kind of working together. And so just the fact that I was out here and able to talk to him today about that, it kind of re-sparked in my head organic beers. Like, because the farmers are now, they're finding that they can start growing these hops organically at a, at a price, uh, at a price that makes sense, uh, that makes their operations feasible. Um, and so, it, it again, it's expanding my own uh, realm of the possible. And I'm starting to rethink, like, well, if the farmer's now telling me that this is a possibility, I'd kind of written it off. Uh, it is a possibility now, uh, and that's thanks to the innovations that are going on with our partners. So we're all again, we're all kind of in this together, yeah. uh, and, and it takes all of us uh, working in 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 combination to to really make uh, inroads. And you know, like that's that's a great way to kind of like put a pin in it because I think um, if anything, for people listening to this conversation let's just spark some interest and like continue this passion and, and have this evolve right and and this is a collaborative space and it's not just don't feel like you're alone in your corner right you have allies within this space that you can communicate with and uh, and expand your own uh, efforts and, and and make some more impact beyond the four walls of your organization so um i could talk about this subject matter for a very long time um uh, but I, I, I would really just want to, uh, for wrapping things up, just thank both of you for your time. Uh, really appreciate you making the time uh, in between selections here in, in the Yakima Valley, Dan, and Ann jumping on virtually. Uh, can't thank you enough. And for those people listening at home, I hope that you had some takeaway points that you can utilize in your own brew house or just in your own personal train of thought, right? So together, let's create something bigger than beer, and we'll see you next time. Amen. Amen.